Word of our Lord from the Gospel of John. Jesus said on the night that he was betrayed, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Father, we pray that you would bless the reading of your word. Pray that you would bless it to our hearts, to our minds, to our lives. We pray that you would help us to be hearers as well as doers. In the name of your son we pray. Amen. It's funny that In our spiritual lives, something we often fear is that God wants to take our stuff. That may seem silly, but it's true. We worry about and stress over what God's going to make us do. And normally what we mean by that is what He's going to make us give up. Oh, He's going to call me to the mission field. I'm going to have to give up my comforts. He's going to make me get this person out of my life and then I'm going to be missing out. He's going to make me give up these things that I have or these priorities of mine. We, we often live in that spiritual fear of God wanting to take from us, wanting our stuff. Many of us live spiritually paranoid lives. Sizing up our encounters with God. Being very cautious about how vulnerable we make ourselves to Him. Often avoiding Him. Sometimes pretending not to notice Him. Perhaps that He's not there. At least living as such. Living with an ignorance to God. Living in a pretend state that He's not right around the corner, that He's not peering into our lives, that He's not working behind the scenes, trying to tell ourselves He's not there so that we can hopefully forget about the fact that He's going to come along and take our stuff from us, take our fun, take our joy, take our happiness, take our comfort, take our things. But God's not interested in taking our stuff. In fact, it's not that God wants to take our stuff. It's that God wants to give us His stuff. Now this is not a a junk from Jesus type deal. You know what it's like when someone's clearing out their house and they've got all sorts of great things that they want to bless you with. 
it's kind of rude to say no I'm, I'm good I you know I'm not I don't need that it's typically when you're starting out in life uh, starting out as an adult maybe you know moving into your dorm room or perhaps moving out of your dorm room getting an apartment or starting out uh, in a new marriage you're getting a lot of a lot of stuff from other folks and some of that stuff is it's just there because it was given But God doesn't want to give us His junk. He wants to give us His stuff. He wants to bless us. He wants to bring about in our lives blessings. Jesus called it fruit. A little bit earlier on, in this night that Jesus is spending with His disciples, He said, I am the vine and you are the branches, and if you will abide in Me, then your lives will bear fruit. And He said, My Father wants you to bear fruit. In fact, not only does He want you to be fruitful, He wants you to be very fruitful. He wants you to bear much fruit. God's not so much interested in taking the stuff out of our lives as He is in putting His stuff into our lives. And what we typically find lacking in our lives is room for His gifts. We don't make space for God in our lives. We fill our lives with toxic, sometimes cancerous stuff. Things that poison us, things that harm us, things that injure us. And we're so busy filling our lives with those things that we, we can't find any room. And so when God says, I want to give you blessings, I want you, your life to bear fruit, we realize that means some of this stuff's going to have to go. So we don't have room. And the, some of the things we have lying around is going to be harmful anyhow. Not only though do we fill our lives with toxic, cancerous stuff, sometimes we fill our lives just with empty and false stuff. Stuff that doesn't matter. Stuff that just takes up space. Stuff that robs us of meaning. You know, we're often robbed of meaning in life, not because of bad things, but because of just empty things. And so we become spiritually lazy. We become emotionally lazy. We become relationally lazy. And we're just kind of walking through life, eking our way through. Going through the motions. Not just when we gather for worship on Sunday mornings. You know, we often criticize organized religion as just going through the motions. And, but we've got people all around us. We've got people in our families. We've got people living in our neighborhoods. Some of us maybe. We're just going through the motions in relationships. We're just going through the motions in work 
in all of life. It's often because we fill our lives with empty and false stuff. So God says, I want to give you my stuff. I've got some gifts for you. I've got some great blessings for your life. And maybe if we are smart, that might pique our interest and we'll say, wow, that, that sure would be a lot better than some of this stuff. Because some of this stuff I thought would give me more bang for the buck, but it's not. We fill our lives with petty and worthless stuff. Stuff that just doesn't matter. Often, our lives being filled with petty and worthless stuff is seen not in the way we spend our money, but in the way we spend our time. In the way we schedule ourselves, in the way we schedule our families, in the way we allow ourselves to be constantly going and never slowing, constantly moving and never taking a moment to sit and relax, never taking a moment to look out at the world that's around us, that used to captivate us, that used to give us excitement. That drive home used to be something in which we could unwind and look at how beautiful things were. But instead, that ride home now is just a rush to get to something else. Something that in the end is very petty. Something that in the end is very worthless. See, we look at some of the stuff in our lives and we think, God's going to want to rob me of all this. And some of it, yes, He needs to get out of the way. Some of it He needs to replace with good stuff. Some of it He needs to to remove because it's going to destroy us and drain us. But He's much more interested in giving us His stuff, His blessings, His gifts, what the Scriptures call His fruit. In his essay, The Weight of Glory, C.S. Lewis said, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. We live our lives thinking, God's going to rob me of my things and I'm going to have nothing. And God, through the work of His Holy Spirit, is wanting to tell us, I've got so many blessings in store for you, you cannot even imagine. I want to take 
those things and bring joy into your life. I don't want to take away your happiness to give you some lucrative and otherworldly joy. I want to transform your happinesses into joy. See, God has created us in His image. He's made us to be like Him. He's made us in His likeness. He's created us in His image and He's put into our lives all sorts of good desires. Desires for wellness. Desires for health. Desires for joy. Desires for love. Desires for happiness. Desires for the blessings of this world. And He's surrounding us with affirmations of His image in our lives. We talk, or I talk all the time about the three transcendental virtues, truth, goodness, and beauty. But in those three greatest virtues, we find that all truth is God's truth. All truth, all true things that we find in life are derivative of the one who is the, the truth. In the same way, all goodness, every good and perfect gift, James said in his epistle, every good and perfect gift comes down from above. Every good thing that you found in life, it's a reminder that God created you for goodness. He created you to enjoy life. He created you in His image. And beauty. Every beautiful sunset that our eyes have gazed upon, every time we have been caught up in the beauty of the sea, Every time we've admired artistry that is beautiful, we are being reminded that God created us for that. God doesn't want us want to rob us of those good things that He's placed in our lives. He wants to enhance them. Oh yeah, there's, there's cleansing and, and repentance and, and, and confession of sin. Removal of roadblocks in our lives. Re- removal of hindrances in our lives. All that stuff, yes, there's, there's plenty of that to go around. But God wants to Remake His image in our lives to the point that we are able to enjoy and appreciate all of the good things that He has done and all the good things with which He has surrounded us because He's made us in His image.
on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus was talking with his disciples. And over the course of the evening, he is talking to them quite extensively about the Holy Spirit because he's preparing them for his departure. He is preparing them for his going away. He says, your hearts are filled with sorrow. I can see it. Tells him, it's actually good that I'm going away because when I go away, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm not going to leave you with nobody. I'm going to pray to the Father and the Father in my name is going to send the Comforter. He calls Him the Spirit of Truth because He will guide Jesus' people into all truth. And one of the amazing things that Jesus says is that whatever belongs to the Father belongs to me also. What the Father has is mine. And what Jesus is going to do through His Holy Spirit is He is going to take the blessings of the Father and give them to His people. Jesus says the Spirit of truth, He's coming. And He will then take of mine, which again belongs to the Father, and He will give it to you. We've been talking for the last two weeks about the work of God's Spirit through grace. Last week we talked about how the church, the body of Christ, is intended to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. A special place, a special house where God's people can gather to find grace and truth. Where those who are outsiders are able to come in and find a life and a love that receives them so that they might be healed. So we've been talking an awful lot about God's Spirit's work in our lives and how He works and in what context He works especially. But this morning, our, our attention is specifically on what is the, the, the produce of that work. In the children's bulletins, they've got the word fruit. And under that, it says it is the benefits of work. And if God's Spirit is working in our lives and we're allowing Him to work in our lives, if we're yielding up the rights of our lives and saying, Lord Jesus, would you through your Spirit please work the ground of my life, then the reason He is working is so that He might bear fruit in our lives. So that He might give good gifts to His people. So that He might bring up within our lives the blessings of God. The Holy Spirit is all about giving good gifts. He is all about sharing the life and love of God with His people. 
we speak of the fruit of the Spirit. And it's, it's not coincidental that the fruit of the Spirit begins with love. And we can go down the list of love, joy, peace, and patience, and kindness. And I'm going to stop there because I'm going to end up getting confused. But the fruit of God's Spirit in our life, notice they're all good things. They are all good fruit. They are all blessings. You might think, well, what's the blessing of self-control? We certainly live in a culture that is all about no self-control. Do what you want, as much as you want, whenever you want, however you want, for as long as you want, with whomever you want. But self-control is a good thing. It is a virtue. Because without it, we will ruin ourselves. And in, in ruining ourselves, we will ruin others as well. Grace is always at work in our lives to bring fruit. To bring the fruit of salvation to bring the fruit of new life in Christ, to bring the fruit of a life lived faithfully for Christ. And grace is always at work in our lives so that it might bring the fruit of the Spirit in our lives and through our lives toward others. He will take of what is mine and He will give it to you. He will take those things that are beautiful, those things that are good, those things that are true, and He will give it to you. He will take of my patience and teach you how to be patient. He will take of my faithfulness and will make you faithful. He will take of my heart for the lost sheep of God and He will give you a heart that cares about the lost, that cares about the broken, that cares about those who are wandering helplessly. It doesn't matter how spiritually paranoid we are and how much we try to hide from God. He won't stop. Yeah, there'll be times in our lives and seasons in our lives where we think He has stopped. Perhaps where He is giving us that space that we've been insisting for. But as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, the relentlessness of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, the relentlessness of grace is much like the relentlessness of the ocean. How do we get ourselves ready to receive 
what God's Spirit has for us. What should I do this week? How do I get myself ready for His fruit to be born in my life? How do I prepare for His harvest in my life? How do I prepare to see His work bearing fruit in my life? What should I do? I want to offer you four things that you and I should be doing and could be doing this week to get ourselves ready to receive His blessings in our life. This is not a a, a get-rich-quick type church scheme. It's not that. There are some blessings that are far better than riches. First, pray. Asking God to work in your life. Pray this daily. God, would you work in my life? I need you. I desperately need you. You might not think you're desperate for God, but you probably ought to be. It doesn't have to be some fanciful prayer. It doesn't have to be anything. It could be a a scripted prayer. It could be just you crying out to Jesus. Would you please work in my life? I need you. In fact, if you're convinced that you don't need Him, you probably ought to pray even more, I need you. I need you to wake me up to the reality that I so desperately need you. Work in my life. Please bear fruit in my life. Please bring your blessings into my life. Let's pray. Second, give the bad stuff to Him. That is, just break the hold, walk away. The news is filled with the bad news. Very rarely do we find the good news, any good news, in the news. Our lives are filled with uncertainties. Our lives are filled with hang-ups. Our lives are filled with, with, with bad things and bad people doing bad things. Our lives are filled with good people doing things that let us down and disappoint us and break our hearts. Give the bad stuff to Him. Lord, help me not to dwell on this. Lord, help me not to fret over this. Lord, help me to release these things and give these things to you. Help me to trust you that even though the world seems like it's going crazy, you are still able to keep me. You are still able to watch over me. You are still able to protect me. Lord, would you take the bad stuff? There's a reason why the New Testament tells us, cast all of your cares upon Him because He cares for you. You Cares are worries, anxieties, concerns, burdens. And God invites us, come, cast those on me. 
I can take them. I can handle it. You can't. For some of us, that might mean ridding ourselves, removing from our lives things that are sources, constant sources of constant negativity, constant bad news. Sometimes we really need to limit those things, those influences in our lives. But, but what, what Paul told his readers in the New Testament is that we ought to meditate on those things that are good and beautiful, those things that are, that are, trust, that are, that are worthy of praise, those things that we ought to talk about. And sometimes that means putting out of our lives those things that are, that are not good to talk about, that are not good to dwell upon, those things that are false and those things that are empty, those things that are toxic. So give the bad stuff to Him. Break the hold, walk away. Third, enjoy something small. Enjoy something small, something that's good, but something little, something that that you haven't gotten to enjoy in a while. For some of you, it might be half an hour outside. Really, that might be a blessing in your life to just say, you know what, I'm constantly going, I'm constantly in the car or in the office or in the house cleaning or, or out working with customers. I've got to just pull back and, and get half an hour where I've got nothing else going. Perhaps it might be a dessert. These things all seem silly. But when we begin to enjoy the small things in life, when we begin to enjoy the small blessings in life, we prepare our lives to begin seeing things that are true and beautiful. For you, that small thing to enjoy might be reading through a book that you've just been thinking, I don't have time for it. But enjoy something small this week. Fruit always begins small. Lindsay and I have been talking for the last few weeks about we're about to have a bunch of squash in the front yard. And those little tiny little plants, I mean, they sprang up out of the dirt within days and was like, whoa, well, there you go. The squirrels didn't eat all of the seeds. Half of them, but not all of them. So you enjoy the small things. Think positively. But those plants have been getting bigger and bigger and bigger and then they started budding and they've got the, the, the squash blossoms all over them. And we keep talking about, my goodness, those blossoms are going to give way to, to squash. And we'll be really excited when we see these tiny little squash, squashes, squashes on the squash plants. We, we've already got tiny little, we had tiny little peppers on the pepper plants. 
couldn't tell if they were jalapenos or jalapenos or uh, or banana peppers. You couldn't tell what which which they were, but you could see tiny tiny little peppers. And what that meant was we're about to have big peppers. Now they've gotten big enough, you can tell which ones are the the jalapenos and which ones are the banana peppers. Different colors, different shapes. But you know, fruit always begins small. Always. And it grows and it grows and it grows. And then it's able to be harvested and enjoyed. Sometimes we've got to get ourselves into the point or to the point in life and into the position in life where even though we don't yet have the harvest, even though we can't yet snap those peppers off and pull those squash up and fry them up or pickle them, where we can enjoy the fact that they're there. So enjoy something small this week. And then lastly, we're going to end where we began. Give thanks. Because every good and perfect gift comes down from above. We will find ourselves beginning our days praying, Lord, would you work in my life? Would you open my eyes? Would you protect me? Would you watch over me? Would you bear fruit in my life? And as we give the bad to Him, and as we enjoy the small in Him, we realize, Lord, You have been so good to me. Your blessings have been more abundant than I could have asked. Thank You. Thank You. The waves won't quit. The ocean is constantly calling out to us, come on in and play. Come on in. Get your feet wet. Come on in and splash around. There's joy out here. There's peace out here. In the midst of the the strength and the power of the waves, there's still a peace. There's a delight. There's a laughter. There's a celebration. And just as the waves won't quit, so also will grace not quit. It won't quit splashing around in our lives. It won't quit throwing truth and goodness and beauty into our lives. It won't quit inviting us to come on in and bask. And we ought to ask ourselves, what if? What if we risked getting down into the water? What if we risk getting down into that power which we cannot control? What if we got down into the waves of the ocean? What might then be? And what might then become? God, through His Spirit, wants to bear fruit in your life and He will unless you stop it.
unless you say I'm not going out there into the waves. It's too much. The shells under my feet hurt. Being pushed around scares me. Let's pray.